0: Praise God. He is a good, good father. Amen. I thank God that he is who he is and has made us who we are. Amen. I'm excited to be here this morning. I'm obviously a little nervous. First time I've, I've been up here and, and spoke to, to this church that I love so much. So y'all just bear with me and kind of work with me. Um, as uh, for those of you who don't know me, my name is John Hall. I'm one of the elders here at church. Uh, Pastor Cody has gone on a sabbatical for one month. So while he's gone, uh, the elders uh, are doing uh, sermons, doing a series on wisdom for this month. Uh, John's running the church, so the uh, other remaining four uh, each week we come and deliver a a passage on wisdom. Uh, It's kind of interesting. The uh, the one that I chose, and I'll talk about that in just a second. Um, Again, I apologize if uh, if I get a little seem a little nervous or or kind of ramble on a little bit it's it's uh it's very humbling to be up here today it is an, it's an absolute blessing it's an honor for me it's a miracle to be up here and uh and if you if you want to hear the whole story you can come and ask me sometime or I can tell you the whole story if you got about I don't know a week that you can sit here and listen to me and uh, everybody knows me said amen <laughs> but uh I, I, I have a testimony from God that is just absolutely powerful But it's a miracle, a truly miracle that I'm standing here today. I ran from God for 20 years, and most of y'all know my story. So uh, God never left me. He never turned his back on me. He never stopped drawing me and and sending people and calling on me. I thank God for that today, and for that reason, I'm able to be here today. Uh, I'm gonna just kind of walk through this and try not to forget anything and try not to leave anything out and try not to add anything, which is important uh, with me. But uh, today's today's sermon guide is uh, uh, There's actually a misprint in the sermon guide So it says worth, character, and consequences Uh, It's actually wisdom, character, and consequences So if you want to just write that underneath worth Just write wisdom, uh, character, and consequences That's in the uh, book of Proverbs 6, 12 through 15 Uh, We're doing, like I said, we're doing a four-week series on wisdom And I I thought it was kind of of interesting uh, As I was... Watching the, the other elders come up here and, and uh, preach and give the word and talk about wisdom and preach on wisdom I, I got to noticing after about the second one how perfect it was that the the passage that they were given reflects who they are and, and the type of person they are and the type of lives they live And uh, which is interesting because these passages were given to us for over a, over a month ago and There's no telling how long uh, Cody had planned to, uh, to do this sermon uh, on wisdom, this monthly sermon on wisdom. But as I was listening to my brothers and my elders uh, preach, it blessed my heart and it encourages, encourages me so much. I, they mean so much to me. I, I can't even tell you how much they mean to me, but I also thank God for all of y'all, for my, my family, my church family, my work family. You know, I spend a lot of time with them, more time with them than anybody. But uh, as I was listening to the sermons over the last three weeks, uh, week one was Tony, he preached on words of, worth of wisdom, Proverbs three thirteen through 20. For Tony to preach on worth, the worth of wisdom, is perfect, because Tony, if you know Tony, Tony is worth his weight in gold and wisdom. I love sitting down and listening to Tony, and I don't do it as much as I'd like to, and, and I, I, I intend to change that, but Tony is so wise, and he's, he's so smart, he, he, just, he just knows how to deal with situations? He knows how to move in God's will, and and he loves the word. I'm telling you, you want, you want to learn, you want to learn something. You need a mentor. Uh, call on Tony or any one of the elders. So Tony preached on the worth of wisdom, which is perfect. Like I said, that that was perfect for him. That lined up. I thought, man, that's that's God, right? Uh, week two was Andrew. Andrew preached on walking securely in wisdom. Again, I was like, wow, look at this. You know, walk securely in wisdom. Andrew, to me, Andrew is a role model for the Christian walk. I mean, if you know Andrew and and you're spending time with him, uh, he's encouraging all the time. He never has uh, a bad or harsh word to say, but yet he'll say what needs to be said and he'll help you along. But he's just a role model for the Christian walk. When you watch him, when you see him, you see what he does and he gets up here and, and pours his heart out. It just really encourages me. As a Christian, as a as an elder, to, to go further, and then last week, Alan, Alan got up here, and his was a father's wise instruction. Now, Alan, Alan is a, he, he's the model father to me. I mean, Alan, there's I know there's some wonderful parents in here, and there's there's godly parents in here, but to me personally, spending time with Alan and and just seeing his history and what he's done with with his children and his adopted children. Uh, Alan is just a model father to me. To to see him uh, preach out of that passage, it just showed me, said, God knows what he's doing here. God knows. A month ago, we were given this. Cody, there's no telling how many months ago Cody set this up, and each one falls into place. And then I look at mine, week four, John Hall. Wisdom, character, and consequences. Yeah. Okay, let's see where that goes. Wisdom, character, and consequences. So I read my passage in Proverbs 6, And as I open my study Bible, on top of the passage right before verse six, the first thing I've seen is the caption of this passage is, the wicked man. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay then. (laughs) So far, every passage has lined up perfectly with the lives of the elders. And I'll open up, mine says, the wicked man. (laughs) God didn't make a mistake there. God was absolutely 100% on point. Without God, I am a wicked man. Without God, I am not the man that my wife desires me to be, that my family needs me to be, and that God expects me to be. Without God, every day in my life, I'm a wicked man. And in this passage today, we're gonna see that we all have that in us, that we all have the ability to be wicked, but we also have the ability, through Jesus Christ, not to be it's, it's, it, I thank God for that I thank God for the opportunity that we have to be a child of God that he loved us so much that no matter how bad we are no matter how bad we get he still calls on us and still loves on us and as I said me standing here before you today I can't tell you what this means to me I really can't I've, I've been here uh, I don't want to say how long I've been here because my wife will be like no I'll say, I'll say 8 years since we've been here 10 years you know? <laughs> so uh, we've been here a while but I, I love this church. I've seen this church go through some changes. I've seen it go through some hard times and a million good times. But the people here have always blessed my heart. And I thank God for y'all. Just to stand up here today is, is very humbling. And, uh, and I, I don't take it lightly at all. It is, is an honor and blessing to me. Uh, and, and Pastor Cody, I, I can't even get started on, on how I feel about him and what he's done in my life and, and how he's helped me in my walk and in the encouragement he gives me. So. We'll go ahead and get started with this. Uh, we're going to start off. at uh, The first one says a portrait of a bad character. We're going to see a portrait of a bad character as we read this scripture, as we read this passage about the wicked man. If you'll, uh, if you would, please stand for the reading of the Word, God's Word, reverence to the Lord. If you're able, if not, just read from where you are. We're going to be reading Proverbs chapter six, verse twelve through fifteen. Uh, I'll be reading out the New King James Version, but you know it's 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 the same meaning. Uh, if you have another Bible, it'll, you'll be able to follow along real good, and they'll they'll put the words on the screen. Uh, verse 12 starts off and it says, "A worthless person, a wicked man, walks with a perverse mouth. He winks with his eyes. He shuffles his feet. He points with his fingers. Perversity is in his heart. He de- he devises evil continually. And he sows discord. He sows discord." Therefore, his calamity shall come suddenly. Suddenly, he shall be broken without remedy. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you. So here we have a, a passage talking about the wicked man and the dangers of a wicked man and the the, uh, the things that could uh, that could go wrong with not only being a wicked person but allowing yourself to be drawn in by wicked people. Now, a lot of times when we heard we hear the word wicked. Uh, we always think of the worst, the most, most evil-looking thing. You know, we hear wicked. We, we expect to, we expect to see something horrible. Somebody just absolutely just just absolutely scary. You know, somebody evil. But wickedness comes in all kinds of forms. You know, all wickedness is not is not uh, transparent. You know, sometimes there's types of wickedness and there's people that are wicked that you really wouldn't think they are. You really would think that their their intentions are good. But in spite of the fact that they're not, and this story here kind of. Kind of tells us a little bit about that. So uh, first passage said "A a worthless person, a wicked man, walks with a perverse mouth. Now I found something interesting here. He said a wicked man. The Bible, God didn't put in here, he talks with a perverse mouth. And that was no accident. He put in here that he walks with a perverse mouth. Now, it's one, thing to talk, it's one thing to talk with a perverse mouth. It's one thing to slip up and say the wrong thing or slip up and, and you know, mislead somebody, misguide somebody, or be hateful to somebody. But it's a whole other thing to walk in it. You know, if, you know we know that as, as Christians that we still sin. We still fall short of the glory of God. We all sin and fall short of the glory of God. We make mistakes, but we know to repent about it. If you ever get to the point where you've sinned or you make mistakes, and you don't feel guilty about it, and you don't feel you need to repent about it, that's when you're in serious trouble, and that's when you you need to really come down and get your heart right with God. So here it says, a worthless person, a wicked man, walks with a perverse mouth. This is talking about somebody who, that's who they are. That's not what they do, that's who they are. As Christians, we may sin, but we're not sinners. We don't live in sin, we don't walk in sin, we don't glorify sin. We try our best to, to be faithful to God, as much as we're able, and he, thankfully for him and his son, were able to do that. But wicked man does not do that. The wicked man looks for ways to cause discord, and we'll talk about that in just a second. But in the book of James, James 3, 6 tells us that the tongue is a fire. the book of James, God says the tongue is a fire, a world of sin. The tongue is set among our members that it defiles the whole body. Our tongue defiles the whole body. And if you've ever had somebody speak to you or say something to you that's hurtful, you realize that 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 becomes, in your mind, that's who that person becomes. They can be nice to you. I've done this before. I've had coworkers, people I work with, and I would minister to them and I would witness to them and I would just try to get them to you know get closer to Jesus and get into Bible studies and stuff like that. And they're like, yeah, whatever, whatever, whatever. But I get upset, lose my cool, say something wrong, get a little hateful or whatever, never forget it. I worked with a guy one time. I, for two years, I tried to get him to come to church uh, to get, get right with God. He was going through a hard time, going through a divorce and stuff. And uh, he finally broke down and told me, he said, you know why I don't go to church? I thought, no, please tell me, you know, so we can, we can work, we can move forward from here. He said, you know, I have a, I'm subconscious about my balding. He said, I don't think it's respectful. I was raised not to be respectful and I don't think it's respectful to come into a church with a hat on. Now this man was suffering and going through hard times and refused to come to church because of respect for God and because of the subconscious uh, problem he had with his balding. So he told me he, he, wouldn't, he didn't come to church because of his balding. And of course I told him, I said, we're welcoming church and, and you know we don't, we, don't, we don't worry about that. God's not looking at what you're wearing. He's looking at what's in here, what's going on in here. That's what he's looking at. Man looks at the outside, God looks at the inside. But I witnessed to him for about two years, and I tried to do everything I could to try to encourage him and and draw him closer to the Lord and get into Bible studies with us, prayer with us. We had a church there at work that they gave us, and we were ministering, and and, you know, perfect opportunity for him to come to the Lord. Well, one day, y'all ever been in one of those moods? (laughs) You ever just so tired, so aggravated, so frustrated? It seems like everything in life is just falling apart. Well, I was there that day. And this particular guy, he had a way of pushing buttons. Y'all ever work with anybody like that? I know Shinbone don't know nothing about that, but Shinbone works with me at Honda. That's my buddy there. Uh, He knows how to push buttons. This guy here, when he sees a weakness, he's on it, buddy. He'll wear you out. I mean, he'll get on you. Back then, I actually had hair back then and it was actually curly and uh, he used to come up and roll his fingers through my hair and call me Goldilocks oh I hated that that just burned me up if I was in a good mood I'd laugh it off if I was in a bad mood I didn't laugh it off so one day he caught me on a bad day and he kept on and I asked him three times please leave me alone find somebody else to mess with I'm not in the mood today I've got a lot going on in my life I don't need this right now I just want to do my job go home leave me alone I should have never said that he kept on kept on and finally I I lost it y'all I was a Christian. I was was studying to be a minister. I lost it. I told him, I said, buddy, I'm going to tell you something right now. I said, if you would come up and doing what you're doing right now to me 10 years ago, I said, I'd follow you down to the gas station. I'd whoop your butt. I didn't cause, I did. But I I said, I'll whoop your butt. He said, oh, you think so? I said, you don't understand what's going on inside right here, right now. I mean, you wouldn't even get out of the car good. I'd be on you. I'd be (laughs) on you. I was so mad. I wanted to whoop him so bad I couldn't stand myself. I felt like I wasn't even a Christian at that point. I was going like, to lose my fruits right here on my, and my job. Same day. I was mad. I said, but listen to me. He said, oh, you're just going to whoop somebody. I said, no, no, I ain't whooping nobody. I'm t- Listen closely what I'm telling you. If I wasn't a Christian, if I wasn't a man of God, I would. Me and you would be out there rolling in the parking lot. I would. I said, but fortunately for you, I am a man of God. And God's gonna see me through this. And even you just keep doing whatever you're gonna do and God's gonna make it, he's gonna make it okay for me. I'm gonna be okay. I'm gonna be able to tolerate you for the rest of the night because I am a Christian. I said, but the reason I'm telling you this is because one day you're gonna push the buttons on somebody that's not a Christian. And I know a lot of those guys, right? And and I've done that, right? You're gonna push a button on somebody that's not a Christian, does not care about your welfare, benefit in any way whatsoever, they ain't gonna hurt you. Somebody's gonna hurt you one of these days. Ah, bah bah bah, 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 So I just went on about my business. He didn't mess with me anymore that night. I thought we were done. We're good here. You know, he finally understands where I'm coming from. He's leaving me alone. Next day I come to work and everybody I know comes up. Man, what's this about? You're gonna jump on Dennis. You're gonna beat him down the parking lot at the gas station. Is that tonight? because I want to see this. <laughs> I said, I never, I never told him I was, God. oh yeah, yeah. He said, you said you was gonna beat him up at the gas station. <laughs> For two years, I shared the gospel with this man and pleaded with him to grow closer to God and to open his heart and let Jesus be the Lord of his life. The only thing to this day he remembers when I say, remember that time you said you was gonna beat me up in the parking lot? So the wicked man can be devastating not only to himself, but to other people. So sometimes, you know, we get to a point in our lives where we're, we're in our Bible studies and we're walking good and we're not really getting uh, out of line too much and we think we're doing pretty good. We think, hey, I'm not as bad as I used to be. I'm, I'm doing all right, you know. So we don't consider ourselves a wicked man. We figure, hey, you know, I'm, I'm going to church now. I'm reading my Bible. I'm doing good. I, I, think I'm, I think I'm close to where I need to be. I think I'm on my way. And then you'll run into a wicked man. And you'll run into a wicked man and, and it's not always like this man who wanted to push my buttons. A lot of times it's somebody that'll be like, hey man, have you heard this? You hear my so-and-so? You see what's going on around here? This company here, what are they trying to do? This church here, this pastor, what's he doing? You'll have people that will draw you in to being a wicked man. Even though you're not the wicked man, that's the wicked man. But if you're not careful just spending time and, and being drawn in and listening to the wicked man, can draw you into where you yourself, whether you realize it or not, at that point have become a wicked man. So James 3.16 tells us that the tongue is a fire, a world of sin, tongue is set, uh, set among our members, that it defiles the whole body and sets the fire the course of nature. Now y'all keep that word in mind. It defiles the whole body and sets, the, sets on fire the course of nature and it, set, and it is set on fire by hell. Now that's pretty, that's pretty harsh. Now I'm telling you, when, when the Bible tells you that your tongue is set on fire from hell, you better pay attention (laughs) because we could be in trouble. And my tongue, I'm telling you, my tongue's got me in more trouble than anything else in this world. My wife's saying amen right now. I see her looking at me over there. My my wife will tell you, she'll say, she'll tell me, she'll she'll say, uh, you haven't been spending time in your word this week, have you? You haven't been studying your Bible this week, have you? What you talking about? I don't see no. I see no. She said, I can tell it in your attitude. She can tell in my attitude when I'm not spending time with God daily. This is not a Sunday morning thing. We have to walk with God daily. If we don't, we're subject to the wicked man. It's our nature to have a sinful mouth because we're born with a sinful nature. So that takes us to our first point, our first fill in the blank. The mouth is a measuring stick for the soul, mouth is a measuring stick for the soul, and a perverse mouth is a, a, a reflection of a perverse heart. Sometimes we think we say things, and I, I've heard people say it just just the other day, somebody said, somebody said something, and uh, you know they didn't mean nothing by it. It's, it was said, it was taken. Right? We can't take it back once it's out there. We can't get it back. So. We have to ask ourselves, if we find ourselves talking down about somebody, talking against somebody, or causing any kind of discord whatsoever like a wicked man would do, why are we doing that? Especially as Christians, why are we doing that? Why would we do that? Our mouth is guided by our heart. Whatever's in our heart is going to come out of our mouth. Now I'm not saying we've got a bad heart and we're bad people. But if we're having a bad day or if we're not right where we're supposed to be that day, it's going to come out. It's going to come out of our mouth. It's going to come out of our tongue. And I promise you, somebody is going to help you with that. Somebody's going to show up, and they're going to guide you into, into drawing that out of you. That would be the wicked man. So first verse, chapter 12, worthless person, wicked man, walks with the first mouth. Then it goes into talking about point two. Point two, fill in the blanks, winking of the eyes, Shuffling of the feet, pointing fingers are all tools of innuendo used by the wicked man to sow discord. These are things from verse 13 or verse 12 to, uh, or 12 to 14. These are things that the wicked man uses to, uh, to distract you, to deceive you, to draw you away, to pull you. He causes discord. And if you, if you continue on this chapter, on down uh, to verse 19, when God talks about the seven things, or talks about the seven things that God hates, uh, the one that he focuses on, the one that he put last, the one that, that is huge is discord because it separates the brothers. It separates people from being where they're supposed to be with God. So verse 13, uh, verse 12, we know that he has a wicked mouth. That's, that's one tool that he uses. Another one is he winks his eyes. Now y'all know, that goes without saying, right? How many times are we like, You know, like, hey man, I love you, brother. This guy here, you know. Then we got Shuffles' feet. Now, I got to be totally honest with y'all. You don't always read the Bible and absolutely know everything about it. Sometimes you'll read the Bible and you'll think, what does that mean? And my pastor's out of town, so I haven't had a chance to call him. When he gets back, I'm going to find out make sure I have the right understanding of Shuffles' feet. (laughs) But what I, what I gather from asking people I work with, asking people I go to church with, people that work in ministries with me, uh, you know, what do you think about this? What do you think of talking about shuffle of the feet? And most people, you know, there's been different things, different answers, and, but most people say that they use their feet. And, and, and uh, I, think in, I think ESV says, uh, uh, speaks with his feet. But uh, most people say that with their feet, they try to cause you to wander try to pull you with their feet, try to draw you away, try to use their feet. to. And they run to, the Bible says they run to wickedness. So they wink with their eyes. A, a wicked man winks with his eyes, shuffles his feet, points with his fingers. And then verse 14 says, perversity is in his heart and he devises evil continually. He sows discord. That's the key to this scripture. That's the key to what we're learning here. You know, all these, all these things, he's just winking all that, the tools of innuendo, tools of you know, hints and, and trying to uh, draw you over. It doesn't always come off hard. It doesn't always come off obvious. Sometimes it could be something where someone's simply trying to draw you in and draw you away, draw you into their own web or draw you away from what you know is right and what you know is true. Uh, sometimes people don't do it intentionally. I like to think most of the time people don't do it intentionally, but it doesn't matter. Either way, if we're not careful, these tools could be used against us to draw us away from the love, the, the love that God has given us and understanding of that to draw us away to separate and, and not be as strong as a people. Um, talking about these things, to cause discord is to deceive, to hinder, to cause disagreement. I want to give you an example. Discord causes, causes division, separation. Uh, deception towards God. And we see it a lot of times. The first thing that comes to my mind is backbiting. You know, first thing that comes to my mind and, you know, is, is people going behind the scenes saying other things. Another thing is people try to have their own ministry. You know, they try to take their own ministry out of their understanding of the word, uh, not being led by the Holy Spirit. And you have to be careful there as well. But here's an example I want to give you. There are over 33,000 different denominations of uh, 33,000 different denominations. There's one Jesus. There's one Jesus. There's one word. One word from God. One set of words from God. One Bible. One Jesus. But somewhere down the line, we have developed 33,000 denominations. How did that happen? From discord. From one wicked man to another. From one little innocent innuendo to another. It's like a snowball effect. I catch myself. I try to to be, you know, I try to let my joy inside stay, come out, and, and be a nice person as much as I can. It doesn't always work. But where I fail is more than always being hateful to people. Is I fail in not rejecting to follow along with those that do. Workplace is one of the, one of the hardest places to do this. You're standing there and somebody comes up and says, I'll tell you what, this place right here, they doing this, they doing that, they don't care about us, they just want us to die, you know? And uh, my reaction should be, this is the best job I've ever had. This is the best church I've ever been in. So I'll just go ahead and throw a, a pre-warning out there right now. If you're gonna talk to me bad about this church or this pastor, probably not gonna see the nicest guy you've met. <laughs> I'm probably gonna be straight out honest with you, I love this place. And I love this pastor. So it's easy though when they got you off by themselves. And you notice how they'll feed you a little information? Hey man, I know something you don't know. What is it? And they'll tell you, and then that, that opens the door. Because you know, everybody wants to know more, right? Everybody wants to know what's going on. Be wise. They'll draw you in. And the next thing you know, you find yourself going to the next person. Hey, you know what so and so told me about so and so? And it happens. And every one of us has experienced that. I battle with that. I really do. I'm being honest with you. I battle with that. You know, sometimes it's like, man, I, why am I even, you know, putting... And, and when I finally, at times, God will just tell me, hey, this is, this is, this, is, this person is co- trying to cause discord. Nip it at the bud. And, and I'll have a boldness come out of me. And I'll actually state that I'm not listening to that. I don't want to hear that. I don't agree with that. And man, you talk about, you know, people look at you like a deer in a headlight. Like, how could you? You've got to be eating this up. You're supposed to roll with this. It is easy to get caught up and to listen to what the wicked man says. Television, internet, Facebook. It's so easy to get caught up and and get sucked into this vortex. But Solomon, the next uh, fill in the blank, Solomon warns us the consequences of being a wicked person. Now, like I said, the sermon guide is on wisdom, character, and consequences. Now, here we're looking at Solomon in his life story and the way he lives. He warns us on the consequences of, uh, you know, he warns us on the consequences of being a wicked person. Solomon was—I like to say—he's the second wisest man in the world because Jesus was a man; when he was here. But Solomon was considered the wisest man to ever live right? Now, how did the wisest man that ever lived end up with 100 wives? No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I'm just playing. I'm just playing. (laughs) Yeah, I'm in trouble. (laughs) I'm in trouble. Let me go on. Solomon was one of the wisest men that ever lived. Solomon made a mistake. He started listening. And to him, it wasn't just a wicked man. It was wicked wives. It was women that he was bringing in. Now, we know that Solomon was marrying all these women to keep peace in the other countries. It was wise to do that. Hey, but it was peace finally. There was peace in Israel. But Solomon made the mistake of getting caught up in it. Oh, what's that? Oh, you got an idol that can do this? You've got something. Wisdom had become who Solomon Worshiped it, to become who he, who he trusted in. And instead of God who gave us the wisdom, Solomon had gotten to a point to where his wisdom had gotten the best of him. He got to where he started following other idols, following other gods and listening to other stories and, you know, discord. He started getting caught up in discord, started getting separated from what he was, knew was right. The wisest man in the world, not counting Jesus Christ, of course, Why is this man that ever lived on earth? Messed up. He failed, y'all. He failed. But he was a man of God. If you've got that going for you, if a woman of God, if you've got that going for you, you're okay. Because you you will realize the Holy Spirit will reveal it to you if you spend time with him and your your ears are open and you're looking and you're seeking. He'll reveal it to you and he'll give you an opportunity to repent for it and he'll teach you. And if you're like me, he'll have to teach you a hundred times. But eventually it'll start coming automatically to you. This is my prayer this week, that this scripture stays on our minds, not just for this week, but from now on, but especially this week as you go out, just so we can see where we are. Just as a measuring stick, let's see where we are this week as we go into the world. How many times will this scripture come up in our minds? Not just for others, but for ourselves. For others, it's gonna pop up left and right, red flag, red flag, red flag all week long. But what I'm interested in is knowing how many times it will pop up in my life. And I can promise you this, my coworkers will remind me. (laughs) They'll set me straight. I love that about them. They will set me straight. They'll let me know when I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do or acting the way I'm supposed to act. But this week as you go, I pray that this scripture will be on your mind and we'll realize how many times we fall, we fail short of defending the gospel and stand there and allow people to bring division and separation. And sometimes I try to convince myself that, well, I didn't know or I didn't think about it till then. The Holy Spirit will guide us if we're where we're supposed to be. If we're a child of God and we're in his word, he'll guide us. He's guiding us now. He gives us wisdom. This four-week series is based on wisdom. And these are just a few chapters out of an awesome book. God will give you the wisdom to overcome any situation or problem you have in your life, any situation, he'll give it to you. But we have to give it to him. We have to give our hearts to him. If we have a perverse mouth, a perverse tongue, or perverse actions, it's because our heart is not where it's supposed to be. So that's the key here. The key is to not end up a wicked man, not end up being the guy in this book, not even entertaining him. I always always tell people all the time, don't entertain the devil. Don't entertain him. Don't even, don't even listen to him. The Bible says, resist the devil and he'll flee. I know people that say, I'll run up and drop kick the devil. Don't, don't do that. Don't do that. Let God do that. <laughs> resist the devil and he'll flee. Now, he'll be back. He'll come back if he, he sees the house is dirty, but resist him and he'll flee. So, here's, that's the first half. That's the first half. I know somebody just got nervous. Oh, God, that's just the first half? <laughs> people that know me say, oh, no. I'm, I'm going to tell you something funny. My wife, <laughs> my wife, she'll sit there and, and I, uh, that's the one I always go to. You always got somebody to go to and say, hey, what did I do? What do I need to work on? Well, you know, besides, I know I talked too long. What do I need to do? Or what did I do wrong today? Or what did I do good? Tell me how it went. And she'll tell you. That's what I love about my wife. She'll tell you in a kind and loving way. She'll, she'll, and, and a lot of times she says, oh, you did good. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I did good. I, I, I did what I was supposed to do. It come out right. It didn't come out like weird. Or I forget half of it. But, but she has this thing where if I'm rambling on, kind of like I'm doing now, she has this thing where she'll sit there and she'll go. And what that means is, all right, we get the point, you're losing us. Now, before you put everybody to sleep, wrap it up. And she know, and I know what that means. That means okay, you only have three closings left. You only got three left. My daughter asked me this morning. She's like, so how many closings are you doing today? I said, I'm going to do one. She's like, yeah, okay, All right. But my wife, my wife will, she'll do this, and I love that because if I do, if I stay up here, I'll talk about Jesus till the sun goes down. I promise y'all I will. I, he's done so much for my life. But she'll do this. And she says, the problem with that is, subconsciously, I guess, because I would never do this to my wife, subconsciously, I guess, I don't look that way. <laughs> subconsciously, she's over there doing this and I'm over there talking to y'all. But yeah. So my Sunday school class, or my connection group class, I'm so sorry, y'all please forgive me for that. I'm, I'm so old school. My connection group class and strategically placed women out here. And wherever I look, one of, my, one of the ladies in my class is going to be like, okay, guy, let it go. My wife even has a signal, and I'm not going to tell you what it is, but she's got a signal today that I can't miss. And if it happens, I know I've gone too long. So I'm going to try to wrap this up. I'm going to try to go into the second half. and I love that. I love people that work together. I love couples that work together for the Lord. Um, okay, so we talked about the wicked man talked about the tongue, talked about it's a fire. James says, you can't even tame it. Can't tame the tongue. If a heart's bad, the tongue's gonna be bad. Can't tame it. But you can, you can, Jesus has tamed the heart. He can tame the heart and he can help you control it. Here we want to go to the second part. Here's the part I like. I hate coming out and, and talking about bad stuff and down stuff. And, and you know Nobody wants to hear about the wicked man. Nobody wants to be told they're wicked or hanging out with wicked people and feeling guilty. And What's he talking about? But here's the part I love. The next one. The next fill in the blanks. God gave us the tools of wisdom that we need and delivered them through his word, through his son, and his Holy Spirit. We have everything we need inside of us if you're a child of God. If you're not a child of God, let the day be the day. Let the day be the day that you don't have to walk alone, that you don't have to go through your struggles and your hardships alone. Let today be the day that someone has your back, someone you can call on that has no limits, the creator of everything that exists. Let today be the day that he is your Lord and Savior. I promise you, I've been saved for 22 years. I would never go back for a million years. I ran for 20 years, I've done it all. I would never even think, not even look at going back to the world I came from. Once you meet Jesus Christ, once you truly know who he is, truly know who he is and what his desire is for you and how much he loves you, you'll never even think about going back and you'll have everything inside of you that it takes to battle and to go through the world, the evil world and dark world that we live in and come out on the other side and come out on top. Uh, Next fill in blank. The only way to build godly character in a dark world is to, to abide in the light of the world. The only way that we're gonna have peace, we're gonna have joy, and we're gonna have love in this world is to abide in Christ and him abide in us. And he tells us that all through the scripture. The only way we're gonna get to the place that we wanna be Maybe even a place that you don't even know you wanna be. Maybe in a place you can't imagine is even possible like I was. When I said earlier that it's a miracle that I'm standing up here preaching God's word to you today, it is nothing shy of that. There's nothing shy of that. I should have died so many times as a young man. God had a plan for my life. But if you'd have told me as a young man God had a plan for my life, I'd have said, you're crazy, I'm the wicked man. I'm not the one. I'm not the guy. I'm not the guy that God's going to use in any way whatsoever to do his will. God wants to take you to places you can never imagine you would go. Don't be scared. Don't be scared. Let him have it. Give it to him. Give him your heart. I promise you, he's not trying to take anything from you. He's trying to give you everything. He's not trying to take things away from you. He's trying to bless you with everything he has. Last one the scripture on the bottom. It said, John 12, 46, Jesus said, I have come as a light into the world and that whosoever believeth in me should not abide in darkness. You tired of dealing with a wicked world? Tired of living in a wicked world? Tired of being part of a wicked world? Jesus came as a light in the world. He came for us. And we did what is in our nature. We killed him, we murdered him, put him on a cross. And you may say, oh, I didn't do that, I wasn't there. We do it every time we deny him. We do it every time that we don't defend him. We put him back on the cross every time we don't give him the respect and the love that he deserves. Because if you understand what he did for you, and you really understand the love that he has for you, it will change your world. I'm telling you, it will change who you are and how you feel. So if there's anything you're going through today or if there's a dark dark spot in your world or there's some dark things going on in your world today, these altars are open. These altars are open. You know, this is not, these altars can't do anything for you. They're they're steps. But when you come down, and Jesus will come to you right where you are. He'll do that. But sometimes you just need to go to him. Sometimes, and the way I believe, I believe sometimes, I just feel like I just need to get up and I just need to go to him. I just need to lay down at his feet. I know he'll come to me, he always does. Every now and then, I need to go to him. So that's what we wanna do right now. We wanna pray and I wanna let you know that these altars are open. If there's anything at all that's going on in your heart, if you find yourself being caught up in a wicked world, if you find yourself being a wicked man or being drawn in by wicked people, Today's a day to get peace and to overcome that and have wisdom. We talked about wisdom, talked about consequences. My wife always says, has always told our children, there are consequences for your actions, good or bad, you need to remember that. I just pray today that you'll come or from where you sit, where you sit in your seat today. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, come down to the altar. You'll be elders down here. They would love to pray with you. they love to walk you through it and, and help you to find Jesus as your Lord and Savior and ask him into your heart. But if you know Jesus your Lord and Christ Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior and you're just struggling with some things and, and you've got some things going on, come on down here. You can pray alone or you can grab one of us. You can tell us anything, I promise you. We're not going to go and tell anybody. We're not going to play the wicked man. We will pray with you. We will pray after you leave and we'll walk with you and help you in any way we can. That's what I love about this church. That's what I love about Jesus Christ, is you can actually come and depend on somebody to be there for you. When I was lost in the world for 20 years, it wasn't that way. So I just wanna just challenge you right now as we uh, go into praise and worship to come down. I wanna pray real quick before we go. So if you would just pray with me. Hi, I'm Cody Hill. I'm the lead pastor here at Iron City. Thank you so much for connecting with us online. I hope in the days ahead that we'll have an opportunity to connect with you in person. On our website, ironcity.org, you'll see a number of different opportunities that you have to connect with our church and opportunities that we're seeking to engage our community and minister to our church family. I'd like to especially invite you to come and be a part of one of our connection groups that meet at 9 o'clock immediately preceding our Sunday morning worship service. You'll find that we're not a perfect church, but we are a passionate church. We take following Jesus very seriously, but we try not to take ourselves too seriously. So I hope you'll come this Sunday at 1015 and worship with us, and let us get to know you a little bit better.